to the nomcast the netflix original movie podcast i am your host andrew morgan you can follow the show at nomcast pod on twitter and instagram and you can check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com all right we're doing netflix fear week all week this is our second episode after our interview with ruby lane herself Jordan D. Natale back on Monday, and today we're going to do the full breakdown. We're going to do part one, 1994, with Scary Larry Dwyer, who will be here in a sec, and then later on we're going to look forward and get spoilery and do the whole thing and, and look to see where this mystery of the witch is heading. But right now I'm going to welcome in Scary Larry Dwyer of Horror News Network. Welcome back, Scary Larry. hey What's going on, buddy? I am doing well, man. Uh, this movie, uh, you know, for a holiday weekend, it was 4th of July weekend, which, mm. you know, sometimes theatrically, you know, that could be a decent weekend for movies. Jaws, you know, no yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a blockbuster weekend. You know, yeah, people, totally. people are more rewatching Independence Day uh, this mm-hmm. weekend, I feel, than actually going out to the movies. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this movie... Fear Street Part 1, 1994, uh, the longest title I've seen in a while. <laughs> like I, always, yeah. I always forget I have to add more and more and more. Um, but horror, you, you're you a horror guy. That kind of happens it all does. the time. You know, especially sure. the Friday the 13th. Like, it always is like part yeah. this plus this. and yeah. Right. Jason's taking Manhattan. All sorts of crazy shit going on there. Exactly. You know, you get sometimes you get a long title. Things to do in Denver when you're dead was a good long one. That is, you know, yeah, yeah. great movie too. Not horror, but great movie. Yeah, um, I dig it, man. But yeah, I was a and, fan. And uh, a lot of people seem to have watched this though over the weekend. It's very popular if you're on any kind of like the the movie sites like IMDb or you know Rotten Tomatoes or any of these things. It's getting plenty of reviews. And those reviews are generally favorable, so we'll get into that and see if we agree with the critics on that one. For anyone, I mean, obviously, I would imagine if you've watched the movie, you are coming here to listen to our thoughts, see if it matches up. But for anyone else who's kind of jumping in, we're going to stay a little non-spoilery to start. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the franchise that came out over the weekend, it's a it's a three it's a built-in trilogy, baby. Buckle up. Part one is this. Uh, was this past weekend, then July 9th, they're going to come out with part two, and then July 16th wraps it all up. I was going to say three decades, but it ends up being <laughs> multiple uh, centuries. Centuries, yeah. Yeah, yeah. at this and point. And full-length films, in case anybody's not aware. These are not, you know, like 20, like all wrapping up into one film. These are all full-length. I mean, this was almost two hours long, right? Yeah, it was like an hour and 40-something. And for anyone who doesn't know, it's about uh, a circle of teenage friends who accidentally encounter the ancient evil for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over, what, uh, two centuries, we said. Something, uh, yeah, 1600s, wasn't in, it 1600s? So that's... Uh, yeah, 1666. So. 18, 19, that's like four centuries. Yeah. and Holy then shit. <laughs> and then it all takes place Midwest, Shadyside, Ohio, based on the books from R.L. Stein, pre-Goosebumps. So uh, if you were expecting some kind of like, are you afraid of the dark <laughs> level of yeah. uh, gore or, or fear? Ra- raising my hand because I kind of was. <laughs> I think a lot of people were too, because yeah. once you say R.L. Stein, that, sure. that's the initial he's thing. He's a kid's author, in my mind. Like I'm like, this is, you know, slightly scary. Okay, slightly scary. Sure. Um, but yeah, this was uh, yeah, this was a little harder than I thought. A lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I think totally. that a lot of the reviews by you know people, non-critics, seem to have that same level of what just happened a little bit, especially. <laughs> You know, the movies that they're, you know, this is a, a 1994 based film that yeah. they're they're trying to to ape a lot of the uh, the Kevin Williamson type, uh, you know, update of horror that that was that was kind of like almost a, a genre of horror onto itself. Like everybody was taking their their 
you know, their paces from things like Halloween or Poltergeist or Exorcist. Like there was like the early franchise stuff of the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're going to kind of ape, especially a lot of Carpenter, but we're going to kind of do a lot of references. You know, and that's where the 90s kind of set us forward, where everything is references now. And we're not ashamed of the references. We just put them all out there. We we just dump them all out. That is like the Tarantino effect of, yeah. you know, horror and everybody else. So, but yeah, I was very shocked. R.L. Stein was something that was not, I did not know about these series of books. But, you know, instant franchises, instant IP is something that's very uh, in vogue now and always has been, but now more than ever. Oh sure, and now this- everybody's fighting for fighting for any rights they can get. Hor- Listen, horror is, you know, in in one of its heydays right now. Horror goes, it ebbs and flows. Uh, you can you can follow it, you know, if you go back and read about horror films. You know, there's definite definite uh, high points, and we're at a high point right now. Um, so people are, and and we're at a high point in a time where there's a lot of different networks, all scrambling to snatch up anything they can people are digging through stephen king's garbage trying to find you know what i mean like every every time you you look on the tv there's a new adaptation of a stephen king story that somebody's stretching into uh, a a nine-part series or something like that absolutely Um, so yeah people are all over it i've never and I think we talked about this briefly when we first talked about these way back on your show. I'd never heard of them. Um, yes. I somehow, somehow, even dude, I've been a horror fan forever. Uh, fourth, fourth or fifth grade, the nuns called my mother to tell them that I was reading a Stephen King book that she had let me borrow, so she didn't care. Right. <laughs> but somehow, the goosebumps thing just completely passed me by. I yeah. missed I missed R.L. Stein completely, and I'm I, I'm a little bummed about it, frankly. Like, I'm I'm bummed that I missed that. I mean, I, I was fine. I I still had plenty of other horror, but um, you know, if I missed Goosebumps, you bet your ass, I also missed Fear Street. Right. Um. So you know, like you said, going into this, I was expecting something kind of kiddish, because even the the Goosebumps movies, I saw them with Jack Black. They were still. They had their little scary moments, but they were definitely, uh, you know, young adult, even less than young adult, maybe. Sure. And and listen, like these books weren't as popular. So, 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 so don't beat yourself up, Larry. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they have their fans, but this is more just trying to. You know, it's interesting that this film didn't start with Netflix. I think that's what, you know, it's like, okay, so Maya Hawk uh, is here from Stranger Things. Yep. It has uh, the director, the writer-director here, uh, Lee Janiak, Janiak. Um, came from where she's, I believe, either engaged, married, or dating a Duffer brother. So she, oh, is she? So, so I didn't know that. And they all shoot in Atlanta. That it's like this whole effect. And yet, this movie started because it's produced by Churnin Entertainment. They had a deal with uh, 20th Century Fox uh, with a theatrical release date of June 2020. Spoiler alert: the world mm-hmm. was on fire. Yes, um, it was. Uh, so, but and then also the Disney Fox merger was happening around that time. Sure. And this was a casualty of that because Chernin pulled the films from that partnership and sold distribution rights straight to Netflix in August of 2020. And here we are. They planned this uh, release, which, you know, I think that's the most unique part about all this. This is really I was talking about it with uh, Jordan Di Natale, who played Ruby Lane, um, that, you know, originally this was set to release one month apart. Which even then, if that was theatrical, that's a mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's tight. That's a close for theatrical releases. Because and you know movies better than me, probably. The movies that you know I can think of that had it close was what like the Matrix series where they had like six months apart and maybe Kill Bill one and two or something. You know, sure. these type sure. of things, and that's what twenty years ago. So. Yeah, and there's still multiple months apart. They're still they're not a month apart. Like that's tight for yeah. uh, for a major film release. So. Yeah, and these were all shot back to back to back uh in uh you know the summer basically like late spring into summer of twenty nineteen. Okay. So so 
that's pretty impressive. So uh, this is a feat even before it got to Netflix. But it's funny that it looks on paper like it has a bunch of people who have worked for Netflix before. It's got like the all the Stranger Things influence, and yet. This was not a Netflix project to start, and it was acquired afterwards. So I found that quite impressive. Yeah, Um, that is super interesting. One big thing that people are talking about with this movie, and and I definitely want your opinion on that, Larry, is the the 90s of it. Mm -hmm. uh, That this film takes place in 94 in Midwest Ohio. um, And they try to do a lot of things, especially with the opening here of the film where it's you know you, you mean scream yes that it's okay. exactly scream and that <laughs> yeah. maya hawk is drew barrymore yeah um, yeah absolutely and, and even down to obviously the skull costume and, the, and yeah. the comparisons of that and everything else but there are a bunch of influences that i think actually serve the film besides just aping something completely um marco beltrami uh, is w- part of the the trio of people here who's uh doing the the music for this film and he did all four screen films so you know you're gonna get a lot of that kind of influence so at least that made it more realistic but to be honest uh before we get into the full of feelings of what we got going on i thought the 90s part of this was kind of the shrug part of the whole thing where it just didn't it didn't scream 90s it didn't feel like it wanted to commit besides like it, it was just like hey here's a uh, a bush song here's a pixie song or whatever we'll, or we'll talk about the pixies oh right we're in 1994 i felt yeah. that was kind of cursory what did you feel about that so i mean i guess the question is if if they didn't sh- shove it in your face on the title that it was in the 90s would you have known that this took place in the 90s i think at the beginning you would have been fighting with yourself over whether it's 80s or 90s or you're in a mall you're, you know, drinking an Orange Julius. You're working at a B. Dalton. You know, these are all chains that were 80s, 90s. So um, until the soundtrack comes in, I don't think it's really, uh, you know, that in your face that it's definitely mid because you're, you're mid 90s. You're 94. You're grunge yeah. era. You're grunge era now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're post Nevermind. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think it was um i mean some of the kids definitely dressed 90 uh what was it simon was wearing you know the baggy shorts with the uh unlaced boots which were i think supposed to be doc martens but not really uh you know he was kind of grungy there was some flannel there were flower prints that were definitely um 90s but other than the soundtrack i don't you know you watch stranger things you know that's the 80s right i mean yeah for that last season they really dialed it up yeah, uh, with yeah. that, where you really had it, and th- and again, I, as a person who also grew up during the '80s, uh, the one funny thing that people say all the time is like, "Yeah, here's the '80s on TV and movies, and then here's actual '80s where it's like <laughs> everything in the '80s in reality was like all wood paneling. Everybody yeah, all- was in wood, and yeah. then like, dude, even if- the fucking station wagons were wood paneled. Exactly, and then <laughs> if you look, it's like everything is neon and spandex and whatever, which they they did have those sure they but, did but not it wasn't until everywhere later no. 80s maybe um, right. and That's, even then that store that uh that ethan hawks whatever i can't maya maya hawk is that yeah maya hawk yeah yeah the store she ran into the the record store there was it was all neon the whole store was neon i was it was basically like a spencer's slash record store yeah just i was draped about to say, in neon like i was it just did like, seem like a shit. combo yeah because i thought at first i thought it was a record store but then there were like lava lamps and blow up dolls and you know so it was like a combo of spencer's and uh is it spencer's i think yeah spencer's right yeah where the ones with all the crazy weird shit black light posters i was gonna say black light any black light thing i ever got was spencer's so that that's that's, that at least did hit home if that's supposed to be aping that in any way but i mean the uh what what they missed Cause even like, I'm a big background guy. So she's in a bookstore. I'm like, I'm fucking pausing. I'm looking at the books and I'm like, okay, I see Tom Clancy. I see John Grisham. Yes, that's definitely nineties. But would the casual observer know that those are nineties books? Right. Probably not. I don't think it really started screaming nineties until they punched you in the face with the soundtrack. Yeah. Which, which is, which is exactly what they did. They punched you in the face with the soundtrack. It was just, 
nine after i mean aggressive they were aggressive with that soundtrack from nine inch nails into like radiohead right into fucking cypress hill just like oh shit like you guys but, are know what's the interesting part though larry it happened for about the first 15 20 minutes and then never happened again it kind of like died it, out yeah it died out for a long stretch yeah because but I when it was happening yeah it was it was it was border you know and i'm not i don't want to give anything away but that was borderline annoying to me i was like all right you guys are getting a little fucking crazy i don't need every fucking sound garden and bush song fucking slammed in my face for the next thankfully thankfully it did drift away yeah because if it didn't i I might have been a lot more angry than i am right now same or it would have had to be like it, where those things usually take place or make sense, where it's in a montage or some kind of like action-y right. sequence where you can kind of use that as a backdrop. Yeah. Um, but this was literally like, I'm introducing a character. Is she sad? <laughs> Let's use the sad one. Is he right. a little more aggressive? Let's use an aggressive one. Is yeah. he more of a nerd? Let's play this. Or like, it tried to take every emotion of what totally. was happening and just match the moment. Um, and like you said, you know, like, and even playing songs. I am uh, before I, I, I have to put this because I am such a music nerd that yep. like, and and the thing is, I am turning into the the old man. Get off my lawn about stuff. <laughs> I feel so bad for guys who like were like how I was with the nineties where I was like a teenager and everything. Those yep. people who had the eighties and had to deal with all the eighties kind of updates uh, in the past few years mm-hmm. of all these things that, you know, you go, you know that God, this takes place in 94, but you know, that songs from like 1996, right? Like I was that asshole, like half the time. So, and I did, I was I, to the point I wrote down, there was a couple of songs yeah. that, were past 1994 and I wrote them down because they bothered me. I was like, that is not right. And I went in at, cause I am that level of nerd. And I, cause I do playlists all the time. Sure. And I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, if I say this is a 90s playlist, I see 90s playlists on Spotify that have songs from 2001. And I go, you had one job. Yeah. You had one job. Why Couldn't do people follow your decade. playlist? Yeah. Couldn't even stay in the decade. They do I, it was, uh, yeah. I was glad to hear the Pixies in there, though. Like, I haven't heard Hey in a long time. I was like, holy shit. I think that was way towards the end, though. But I was like, oh, look, Pixies. Yeah. Amazing. I, and again, <laughs> I don't want to get so sidetracked. But like the, right, right. the people I knew of that, I was a high school. Well, I was a high schooler starting in 96, so maybe not the same same, but the people who I knew who found out about someone like the Pixies from post Nirvana, where Nirvana is like, hey, our influences are X, Y, Z. Yeah, the Melvins and the Pixies and people are like, who are the Melvins and the Pixies? Yeah. And this this one girl in the middle of Ohio happens to love the Melvins and the Pixies, but has no Nirvana thing anywhere to be found. I was like, oh, you're the one. She's the one. Yeah. She actually probably turned Kurt Cobain on to the Melvins and the Pixies, if I would if I was to guess. Yeah, I think she worked for Sub Pop and made her yep. way out into the Midwest. I think that's about right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So before we lose everybody else, uh, yeah, totally. you know, I just want to kind of set the picture. A lot of people are in here that a lot of people don't know. Uh, I don't know if you felt the same way. Um, I thought a lot of quality performances from, you know, people who, you know, it's a largely kind of teenage, mm-hmm. early 20s cast. Um, Benjamin Flores Jr., who played Josh, is the only one. Uh, him and Fred Hetchinger, who played Simon, okay. um, and Maya Hawk. Those were the three that I knew, and then everybody else was new to me. Oh, and obviously Jordan Natale, but that's because, you know, I, I, I've talked to her before. But, okay. um, but the lead, Kiana Madeira, uh, mm-hmm. who played Dina, she was on The Flash and Dark Matter, smaller yep. roles, not any kind of like lead stuff. Uh, Olivia Scott Welsh, who played Sam, she was on Modern Family, which I don't watch. Um, Unbelievable for Netflix was like a, a, a hit of theirs that got like a lot of Emmy nomination play mm-hmm. and Golden Globe stuff. So, you know, I, and again, she wasn't one of the lead leads. And yep. then uh, a movie Shithouse, which is like on my list to watch. I, I, I hear it's a very good comedy and I want to watch it so bad. It's sitting on my queue. Um, but that one, uh, you know, came out to very good reviews. And again, she's up there, but not, you know, front and center. 
Um, she also did uh, that sh- show for Amazon Prime, Panic, which uh, Lee Janiak, the director of this one, also did an episode of. So you're kind of seeing the ties there. Yep. Um, the uh, Julia Raywald, who played Kate, this is her first feature film at all, which I thought, like, wow, because I thought she kind of popped in this movie. Yeah, she did a good job. Um, and then uh, Sheriff Nick Good, uh, you know, is Ashley Zuckerman here, and he's from Succession and a teacher on Hulu. Like, so there's there's some stuff going on. Sure. Uh, the only but- one I the only ones I knew, obviously, uh, Maya Hawk, uh, of course. Right. I could not get through a day without talking about Stranger Things with my daughter, so there's no way right. I, I would not know who Maya Hawk is. Uh, and Olivia Scott Welch, because I'm currently watching Panic. Okay. Um, my did my yeah my daughter saw they had a preview for that uh, when we went to see uh, a Quiet Place Part Two, and she's like, I want to start watching that when we go home. I was like, okay, right. so we started watching that, and immediately because she watched this with me, she's like, Hey, that's the girl from Panic. Um, and so that's the only person other than Maya Hawk that I really recognized um, in this. And I, but I did. I'm, I'm with you. I think there was some really good, really good performances uh, from a relatively unknown cast. Yeah, I, I feel pretty good. I feel better about Fred Hettinger, uh because uh, he was in The Woman in the Window, which was uh, a complete abomination and awful. <laughs> and and he kind of had to play a character who like had to play kind of slow and. And mm-hmm. then he ends up being a larger piece towards the end, but ugh, uh, I felt yeah. bad for him because he can. He he was actually good in this. I thought he he also popped here. Um, I thought the the dynamic of him and the Kate character uh, to start before it became more Kate Josh later on in the film. I thought he did a great job of kind of being, you know, kind of the I for a movie I thought that could have used maybe a tinge more humor. Um, yeah, like he was kind of the humor for most. He of the film. he definitely was a comic relief, no doubt about it. And like <clears throat> I said, uh, co-written and directed by Lee Janiak. Uh, this is kind of like her. I think this is her second feature. She also yeah, did honeymoon. a lot of TV. Yeah, she did Honeymoon, which was a really really good movie with um, uh, Egret from. Uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was really good. I saw it. uh, I think I reviewed it when it came out a few years ago. Um, But it was really good. It was. She's kind of one of those that like. She had a good movie, and I've kind of wondered what happened to her since. And here she is. TV. Yeah. TV happened because she did Panic. She did the Scream MTV series. Oh, she did that too. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So she did some of that, and again, so it's like bits here and there. But she's been tied up with this for a while because now does she do all three? She is, yeah. Oh, she, good. she co-writes and, and directed all three. Because okay. the, the way she got it onto the project, this was in development since 2015. She jumps in in 2017 with her co-writing partner that wrote Honeymoon. And mm-hmm. then so they've been <laughs> rewriting that script and, and you know working on that for until it went into production uh, oh, in goodness. 2019. So if you're wondering where she went, that's that's <clears throat> most of that time, because I think Honeymoon was 2014, you said. Right. I think so. I think yeah. Around, it was there. around there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a long time. That um, is a long time. And then this movie is also it's got a lot of producers, but it was uh, it, the big name here to me is it's co-produced by Adam Wingard who just did uh, Godzilla versus Kong. He also did the Blair Witch remake, uh, You're Next, and Death Note, which he did for Netflix as well. So, yep. you know, a big name or an emerging name for sure. Um, early reviews on the film, uh, before we get into our own, 6.2 on IMDb, 67 Metascore. Meta so I was shocked that kind of the critics were a tick kind of higher than the audience stuff. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's any kind of stuff at play here, especially when you have lesbian leads. There's always something weird afoot with the internet yeah. that you can't trust these things. Because um, yeah. especially 88% tomato meter, it's certified fresh already, and a 65% audience score. So it's like, what are we... What are we looking at? So yeah, especially when usually the audience score is higher than the critic score. So for sure. So Larry, <laughs> without further ado, I would like to know from you, sir, what were your initial impressions upon watching this film? Because I I realize it's fresh in your brain. We just doing this right, hot off right. reviewing. Yeah. Um. I, I. I. You know. I. I did like the cold open. I like the uh, scream open. Let's just call it the scream open. Sure. Uh. With with Maya Hawk. I thought that was interesting. Um. I also really like the mix. Uh. Which we don't find out about until a little bit later. But how it's like a mix of a slasher and a cult. 
Yeah. Uh, at first, I was like, okay, because like I said, I went in this completely blind. I had no idea. Uh, I watched a trailer, but the, I don't, I don't try not to pay attention to trailers too much because these days they really spoil the crap out of things. Yeah. Um. So I went into this. I went into this pretty blind. Um. If I had a critique, uh, I would say that while while I do think and know that character building is important, uh, I think that this really took a long time to get where it was going mm. um I, I thought it was it was slower than it needed to be uh i thought that they you know built some stuff that i didn't i didn't really care about the rivalry between sunnyvale and shady side uh, you know i i was like mm, too much don't right. don't need to know this let's let's get somewhere but i thought once it got there it was good. I, I did. I did. I did enjoy the film. I don't know if you want to give it a rating right off the bat. No, um, we could save that for later. I also want to know what your daughter thought of it. You said that she watched it with you. She did. Uh, she watched it with me. Um, and again, this was more of a hard R than I thought uh, it <laughs> right. was. Uh, yeah. Are you a bad dad after this? You think? <laughs> I, you know, there were times I, I fast forwarded uh, through uh, a makeout scene and some drug scene. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm not. Ex- you know, I'm like. Oh, she's she's doling out the drugs to the kids. She's babysitting to sort through. Yeah. Like, oh, OK. <laughs> but I did find amusing that she gave Simon the laundry to sort through. I'm like, yeah, couldn't you can you flip that? You couldn't easily. Have flipped that. <laughs> yeah, easily could have flipped that. <laughs> I'm like, the kids can sort laundry, I think. I, I don't know. Uh, but I'm always whatever. curious about the, the age level of people because who watch stranger things and what they think about this film. Cause I feel like they're going to be in that. They're targeting that same area. Yeah. Yeah. No, she liked it. Uh, she said she's, but she is, I will admit looking forward to the next one more because she thought that uh, Sadie sink was going to be in this one. Gotcha. So she was, a, she was happy as hell to see Maya Hawk, not happy with the, uh, with the exit uh, spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> Well, no, they what? put the first five minutes online, so oh, did they? Don't, don't okay. feel bad about that. Th- yeah. Then, then fuck you, then if you don't know. So sorry, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So she was upset with the quick exit, and she did keep asking me when Sadie was going to appear. And about by about forty-five minutes in, I felt pretty comfortable telling her I don't think it's this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we might have to wait for that. Uh, but she did enjoy it, as did as did I. Um, like I said, I think there was some problems. I think there was some pacing issues. Uh, I think it really uh, took a lot of time. Again, character building is very important. Character building is something that a lot of poor films don't do. Right. But there's there's also a cap where you can say, all right, we've got enough. You know, we've got enough to move along with the story. Um, I did like, you know, I like how there was definitely a lot of um, it was derivative of a lot of films, but not in a bad way. Right. It, it was definitely more of an homage than a ripoff. And I, I'll, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, you know, there was, you know, of course they even mentioned neither living dead. They mentioned poltergeist um, the part where she's uh, you know, seeing the witch for the first time was very evil dead camera movement. And I was sure. like, you're, you're definitely doing a, a little, uh, uh Sam evil dead there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, you know, I, so I, I'm good. I, I don't, I didn't love it, but I, 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 I would recommend it to people. I would, I would definitely say to give it a watch. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for, for me, and I think for most people watching it and definitely for, for the Netflix interest of it all, is did it do enough for me to care to get to the second one? Because yeah. that's really the experiment here. And I will say for myself, I am indeed in. I mean, yep. regardless of having this podcast and trying to keep up with it, is I'm not saying they're dreading going to part two. Same um, here. I'm actually looking forward to part two. For um, sure. Yeah, I'm a 70s guy. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm a little older than you. Uh, well, so but f- my horror interests are more 70s and 80s than they are going forward because even when i lived through it i like scream one a Same. lot yeah. but outside of that like i never got into the ice know what you did last summers uh well, i don't care Jen- about jeepers I, creepers i like to look at i like to look at jennifer love hewitt so well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so kind of but it's but not i can watch movie. can't hardly wait for that right <laughs> yeah I can yeah sure can't hardly wait's a great that's a great representation right there actually yeah yeah. And a great dress. So um, <laughs> I will watch that uh, any day of the week. But yeah, um, I'm with you. 
as far as this movie is concerned, I'm I'm with a lot of the sentiments that you said. I think the first act, uh, what they're doing is because not only are they setting up the character development yes. that you were saying, but they're also setting up things that are going to matter later on right. in this film. They're going to matter later in possibly a second film and a third right. film, which is so, which is why I can't kill it too much. I, I know, I know that you have to set up two and three, you know, yeah. so you have you have a lot of setup to do and it wasn't bad and it wasn't like you said that's a great way to put it does it put me off from watching the second uh and no absolutely not i'm psyched for the second so yeah, yeah that's that's a good that's a good barometer totally. yeah and, and i think we touched on a lot of the things that did kind of bother me like the uh the the needle drops the constant needle drops the like hey i don't need to put a line of dialogue here i could just put 30 seconds of a yeah of a bush song or whatever yeah and just go from there so you know that that stuff does get a little tired um i watched it twice and i will say i liked it better the second time especially because the second time you can concentrate on a little bit more of the easter eggy stuff concentrating Mm -hmm. on some of the like the world building stuff and and now and really kind of look at performances easier because you're not concentrating on trying to follow the plot development and I think uh, the performances didn't suffer from that, which I thought w- made it more impressive uh, to me. But yeah, that first third, it yeah. didn't know what type of movie it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And, and outside of obviously doing the scream opening, um, which was good. It, it, it was worked. fun. That it was worked. fun for me. Yeah. I thought that was fun. I was like, I was like, this is cool. I see exactly what you're doing. I, 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 I know what you're doing and I, I like it. Yeah. And I did like, um, you know, you, you mentioned Easter eggs. I'll, I'll drop what I think is one. I maybe, and maybe I'm wrong. Sure. Um, but one of the scenes right after that, when, uh, when they're in, Dina's in the bathroom and Simon and Kate are in the bathroom at school, uh-huh. right behind Dina on the wall, it looked, it, somebody had drawn a face that looked a lot like Ghostface, like in black mm. marker. There's like right behind her on the wall next to the mirror. It looks like, go, it looks a lot like a thicker ghost face. I was like, well, okay. I think maybe if, if that's what you did, that's cool. Otherwise, yeah, the tough part is that they could have easily been drawing the skull face too, uh, that we're been. just dealing with the skeleton face, whatever. Right, um, and it actually, now that I think about it, it looked a little more like the mask from the Scream TV series huh. than it did <laughs> Ghostface. So, and that's now I'm I'm coming up with that as a possibility. Right. But anyway, listen, if you've got me thinking of shit like that and and thinking of it after I've seen the movie, not just because I'm on a I'm on a podcast talking about it. If I was laying in bed right now, I would be thinking about that. That's a good thing. Yeah. You got, you got me thinking. One of the nice things is I did uh, as part of my notes, I wrote down lingering questions. And the fact that I wrote down multiple ones that not only are, ju- they're not plot holes, they're mm-hmm. just actual things that are setting the stage that could mean more later. And yep. I actually genuinely want to know the payoff of those questions. And I think that is definitely something that's, you know, kudos to, to what they're setting up in this first film. So uh, that's the big thing. Do I want to move forward? Yes. Is this something to where I think it can, it has legs because the characters support it well enough. I say yes, but then again, we're going to part two where a lot of these characters are going to get sidelined. Yeah, they're um, not even and, born. Right. So uh, you're literally setting up a character you just introduced at the very, very, very end of this one. Mm-hmm. So I, TBD, I guess, is kind of that. And I know they're going to do a little bit more, you know, fleshing out some of the villains maybe and yep. things of that nature. So. All of that is cool, and especially for the last bit of this film, uh, without spoiling it, like what they're setting up, I think has a potential, uh, a much bigger picture than maybe uh, more than meets the eye. Um, mm-hmm. With uh, you know, kind of dealing with a small town gone, you know, gone to hell, literally. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, a few things I did want to touch on, uh, just a little, uh, little things that kind of bother, bother me or intrigued me. I'll start with the intrigue to be nice. Um, opening credit sequence says a lot, wow. like almost too much. Like, wow. It they, was hard to keep up with. Yeah. Did which you I, find think is, that? I think that was on purpose. They want you to do like the, the stop and look if you care, but they kind of want you to not retain probably everything. Because yeah. It's going to color what, you do going forward especially because i will say well i'll save it for spoilers but 
there might be one inconsistency that I need them to truly explain with something that was in um, the montage opening credit sequence and then what they kind of discussed or who where it's located and things like that. I'm a, I'm a little fuzzy on the map of things. Let's put it okay. that way. Um, I think, uh, you know, certain things, like you said, the, the rivalry stuff, I don't care, but that's going to become a bigger thing in part two. Um, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of those scenes where it's like, uh, the bus driver, where is the damn bus driver? Where, uh, why are right, demon are killers any, using doorbells? Where <laughs> are wor- any parents? Where are any parents? Yes. yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure that was a choice, but it was a little, it's All very right. Charlie Brownish. <laughs> it was or Stranger very, Things. Uh, Stranger it, Things is very much that way post season one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like the, the, even the parents in Stranger Things are a little more visible. Yeah, there's houses, um, you know. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, I guess you're right. Yeah, and and the I again maybe it, it was an ode, but I'm really done with the trope of cops not believing kids. Like, yeah, it's just so beaten. It's so that horse is flat. Like that horse has been beaten so much. Yeah. Yes, we understand cops don't believe kids in movies and you're going to go around the cops and do other things. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I get that. And especially the where we keep going backwards. That's why, Larry, we keep doing these, you know, homages to the 70s, 80s, right. 90s, where it's like, yeah, nobody cared about kids for a very long time, you know, and then something clicked once those kids became parents. So, you know, it's like, oh, right. <laughs> they have opinions and can actually put some value into society. That's weird. Um, yep. But yeah, there, there's some little, little bits and pieces that kind of like maybe bother me. Like I said, worst hospital ever. Um, you know, we can get into that later. Uh, what, who has a lock with a victim's name on it? Um, you know, from the burial site, there's a lot of things that I was just like, okay, that's weird. Um, yeah. And of course, like I said, I will, I will, die on the hill of prodigy's fire starter and white zombies more human than human did not come out before 1994 or on 1994 so come at me assholes um i i care and i wasn't here for it so um real quick before we uh take a break and then come back and kind of do spoilers and looking ahead to part two um did you know i haven't seen and this seems like a movie that you would they said that where do you fall on the Nightwing Killer's outfit? Is it Baghead Jason inspired from Friday the 13th to you or the town that dreaded sundown? You got it. It's the town that, well, but Baghead Jason was inspired by the town that dreaded sundown. Right, sun, so it's sundown. all part so, of the same story. Yeah, it's all derivative of the the town that dreaded sundown. All right. Absolutely. Which I'm fine with. I'm fine with that. That's that's cool, man. Do it. Dude. You know, as long as you're not ripping it off and you're paying you know homage to it i'm fine with that yeah uh same here and i think that's the story of this movie and and the trilogy going forward so that's a good place to end on we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll try to talk and answer some questions some lingering stuff that i have here and then we'll look ahead to part two Hey, Field Hang 10, watch out for a new wave of episodes for Forgotten Cinema Season 9, Forgotten Summer. Ugh, really, Baller, a theme season? Let me guess, we're going to talk about films that were released in the coveted summer months that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. You know it, bro. What we liked about them or maybe didn't, but we'll always recommend people check them out. Maybe they'll find their own Forgotten Summer gem. So check out Forgotten Summer wherever you get your podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hold on, gotta catch this wave. We're sitting at this in the recording booth. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right, we're back with Larry Dwyer. We're talking Fear Street. The fact that we have a part two and part three, a lot of things we were saying, like we were talking before, is to be determined. A lot of these things still have to kind of work themselves out. So I'm not going to linger too much on some of these things. But before we get to what I think are the lingering questions going forward in the trilogy, Larry, the one thing I wanted to kind of get from you, does this have enough juice with the cult stuff and the uh, a lot of these movies have issues with their villains 
or or their big bads in general. What did you think of the ones that they set up for this film? And do you think that you care enough about the witch, the henchmen, and all the things in that nature going forward? I wish I had more witch. Um, Fair. Yeah, I, you know, you're you're telling this is all stemming from the witch, right? Uh, this is spoiler time now, right? Okay. We yeah. Can talk oh, yeah. About, all right. Okay. I just want to be sure. Sure. Uh, so this is all coming from which i thought was clever again i mentioned it in the first uh piece um i did think i liked the, the mixture of slasher and occult slasher and witch uh theme i i like that so but if i'm if you're telling me that the witch is my main character i i wanted to see more but again we're only in the first third right. of what's going to be a full story right. i'm sure fuck it fuck one of them is 1666 right isn't that the yes. last one yep, yep. i'm sure we're gonna get plenty of witch in 1666 yeah with a pastor <laughs> cutting out kids eyes or whatever yeah, which so they might have, get... they might deserve kids are kids are naughty <laughs> Especially I don't, back I don't then. Know. <laughs> yeah kids were real naughty back then if you're 10 you're like a full-grown adult so what are we talking well, about kids lifespan is like 15 i think exactly. so yeah they have all yeah. they all have rickets and stuff uh, they're married by 12 <laughs> yeah kid by 13 like yeah, yeah. totally yeah so totally. well actually like six kids four of them die of like smallpox yep so <laughs> yeah smallpox and like scarlet fever exactly. uh, so so any you know and it's hard because we're talking about basically the first hour of a three-hour movie for just just yeah uh, it's, it's you know yep so how how you know i'm saying that i wish i had more witch but we're gonna have plenty of witch uh what they did set up i liked um i did like the killers i like the skull face killer just you know straight slasher guy I like the town, the dreaded sundown guy. My favorite was uh, was Ruby. I thought she was that was her name, right? Ruby. Yeah, Ruby Lane. Yeah, Ruby Lane. I thought she when she was just sitting there, and Simon walked over and she picked up her face and she had like the slashes, like the deep slash marks in her face. She looked pretty fucking crazy. I was like, dude, put that girl's face down and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And <laughs> nope. She he hung around. Which I, which was, you know, uh, a question I had, like, she seemed to cut the shit out of him and he seemed to be quite OK afterward. I was yeah, like, yeah, slash so that ankle. If you've ever even had like, you know, you wear your shoes without yeah. socks for too long. You're like, oh, man, I'm out of commission. This yeah, guy she, gets hacked with a with a straight razor. Like, did yeah. you not see Pet Cemetery and what happened to Herman Munster's fucking foot? Like, <laughs> <For that's, sure. laughs> come on. And like and like 10 minutes later, he's like, like fucking uh you know buffalo bill in in the fucking mirror like dancing in his underwear i'm like hold on didn't you just get caught up by ruby yeah so so i did like um i i yeah i like the ruby character the best i'm i think for, i'm the most interested in that but isn't that when the 50s are we even going to see her again i don't i don't know yeah, I mean, from from what it seems like on the outside, at least, it seems we'll probably get a little bit maybe in part two and part three. Maybe, um, you know, they kind of tease that they're going to probably get more backstory. At least you're going to see, you know, Camp Nightwing or whatever. You're, but, you know, so we'll get that one probably more. But I think in the t trailer for part two, we see multiple of the villains still popping up. So True. we'll True. see, cause I'm sure this 94 version is not unique in the right. sense of like, they all kind of go after somebody. I'm sure this has happened multiple times, but we'll see what's driving that because that's part of my, you know, lingering questions with some of this, um, you know, how does this work? Meaning like, yeah. you know, when does the witch decide to do this? Is it, is it something to where it's a, it's a certain, a uh, year or how long time has passed is it that's a, what i was trying to figure out i was trying person? to do some math i was trying to do some math i'm like is this like a a jeepers creepers thing like every certain amount of years the witch comes back and right or, or it or pennywise for you younger kids like is it you know every you know certain amount of years where he comes back but it didn't seem to follow a pattern there no um we know that uh samantha disturbed the grave which was only two inches deep uh, whatever <laughs> yeah very lazy <laughs> like, like so you're telling me that this grave's been there for 400 years and you're the first one to disturb the two inch uh deep grave <laughs> right <laughs> you know uh okay um I, yeah i don't you're right that's a great question how how does she you know become uh and how does she how do you enable the witch and 
I don't the what's the fly have to do with because you saw the fly on uh, what was his name Josh uh, uh, Maya Maya's boyfriend uh, there Ryan in the Torres yeah, yeah 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 you saw the fly on him uh, as as he was walking away after she asked for a ride and then all of a sudden he's back uh, as one of the killers and then you saw the fly on Samantha at the end so right. the fly fly has something to do with it. there's a lot unanswered which I guess is what you want, right? You want it to is. drive us into taking these unanswered questions and hope they're going to get answered into part two. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, you brought up a great question with Ryan Torres. And like I said, he goes from normal to possessed really fast. Real quick. And so Real I quick. want to know, you know, there's a couple of things, right? So if you look, uh, I'm, I'm going to go like a little bit nerd deep dive Easter egg East here. That's so opening credit sequence says a lot, as we said before, one of the things that they said, they built the mall over the old Camp Nightwing, which also, if you look I at the map that. of uh, Camp Nightwing, it was created around the site of the witch hanging. But part of that doesn't track. Like, if you if you go, like, okay, where they found her body? Because mm -hmm. if they found her body, the grave site, and you don't see them all anywhere near them, mm -hmm. where are we? Like, right. So th the mapping, I need to, to have a little bit better if all those things do track that the mall was built over camp nightwing yeah that's a good that's a good point and i missed that i did not pay as close attention uh, i was eating dinner so i didn't pay as close attention <laughs> sure. yeah. to the extremely long open credit scene yeah um so but but that's a good catch and why would she be uh buried maybe listen maybe that's not where she was buried maybe somebody moved her there which is why she's only two inches under the soil yeah well you and, know? and what can kind of go into that here is some characters who are not around or not around as much is there like an active witch cult here because you're kind of mm -hmm. seeing with how the the where the names were etched and all yeah. that stuff is this is that the witch in the cloak or is this like a, a meeting place? Is there like a whole thing is attached to that? Um, you know, where's Dina's dad and why is he a drunk loser? Uh, it seems like he gets a note from the sheriff. Good. Like that. It's this happening, is happening again. again. So yep. I think between the good family, them, like, I think there's either, these are all survivors or that maybe are not as known as C Berman, who we see at the end. Sure. Um, you know, I think they're all maybe survivors or people with at least something to tell because part well, you've two, got to, you've got to figure if this town has been going through, I mean, they, they, what do they call it? Fucking kill city USA or something. Yeah, murder, something murder, like that. Yeah, murder something, capital of the US. Yeah, or something. yeah. Which is, you know, Santa Carla, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but so, I mean, this has been happening for 400 years. You've got to figure that every adult in this town knows something. this they know something they know somebody or they know something that had something to do with this at some point, you know, right. um, whether they believe it or not, you know, because uh, yeah. you, you, you get the, you know, and that's all right. I just brought up another good point, whether you believe it or not, you know, the cop was acting like fucking Samantha and her friend were crazy, but yet he drops the it's happening again. note. So, you know, you, you you pretended that the kids were crazy. You you played the old trope of we don't believe the teenagers in the town, but apparently you did and you just didn't want to let it on because you know you know what's going on. Otherwise you wouldn't have dropped that note. Yeah, and him and his brother, who is the mayor of I believe Sunnydale, not shady. What are we? Where Shady are we? Pines? Shady. I, don't know. <laughs> I totally blanked there. Which one it was? Yeah, but, yeah. it's Shadyville. Shady, Shadyville. Shady, Shady side. Shady, Shady side. side. Thank you. <laughs> um, that I, I keep getting confused whether like he works for Shady Side or whether he works for Sunnyvale because I think the mayor is Sunnyvale, and yeah. I don't know. So it all that that tie the good family seems to or be. Are a they big two? Thing. Are they two? Are they two different towns or are they just two different schools in one town? No, they're like because they said it was like thirty minutes apart. They said, "Oh, uh, you're right, so yeah." Because like, the girl, because Samantha moved from. Okay, okay. Yeah, All you right. know what it feels like, Larry. At least to bring it like Connecticut side, it feels like Bridgeport and Fairfield are beefing. Where gotcha. it's like, why are we so close, but you have all the rich people, and we're dying on uh, certain yeah. parts of this area. So you know, yeah. that, it felt a little bit of that. But um, 
I would say a lot of things. Uh, I I definitely think there is some kind of information here that we don't know. Especially C. Berman, right? If she yep. had a, a similar situation to Sam, how does Sam come back as a killer and C. Berman is fine? Or do we know that? Or right, I I did write that myself. Or did yeah. she? So did does she? she what or does, know, what she, or does so, she know? Does she sometimes have a fly on her face? Exactly. You know what I mean? Who knows, dude? Like, I, also, this is... what do the nosebleeds mean? I want to know that. Um, yeah, I, I want to know. My daughter was very intrigued by that because, of course, well, actually, my son because Owen watched again bad parenting. <laughs> You know, because Owen's only six, and I'm like, "Oh God, drugs, sex." Fast forward. Yeah. Um, but uh, Owen's, like 11. Thing, so yeah. Owen's like eleven. Owen's like eleven. I'm yeah. like, "Not that's not eleven, but uh, okay." You know, that's a Stranger Things thing to 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 the six year old's head. Right. So yeah, what does that mean? Because they didn't. It happened several times. You know, it happened to to was it to Dina once, yep. and it happened mm-hmm. to Samantha once, and yep. they didn't address it at all. No, it was kind of like, oh, this happens. Yeah, this um, is happening. Don't know why. Throw now, now drop the cooler on the kids. I, right. You know. <laughs> and it, and if you the big thing, if you really want to be a loser like me, you can go into parts two and part three and look at the cast listing of mm. like, because some people their names they get additional names added. Oh. Uh, so it, I think they are maybe reincarnated or something reincarnated or like possessed through something else where they turn into something else and and all these things so i think this like like i said the witch cult stuff or the witch influence is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger uh probably leading back again to that site uh of when she was actually killed uh or you know her hands survive (laughs) however you want to play this game um (laughs) Uh, and then also, I think the big question out there is who is the queen of air and darkness, the AOL, you know, on the other side yeah. of Josh there that I think, you know, if someone cares as much as he does and it's not anyone we met here, it could be something bigger. Could um, be. Uh, maybe another or it could descendant. just be a fucking red heron. Who knows? It could be something big or it could just be a complete nothing just just to lead us in some other way, because. Listen, I, you know, and maybe you're smarter than me, but, uh, which you, I'm sure you are. She, they tricked me right at the fucking beginning of this movie. Uh, you know, they're, right. they're, yeah, you're, you're saying that, you know, fucking you broke up with Sam and you need to get Sam the shit back. Call, you know, call me old fashioned. I thought Sam was going to be a guy. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh, you meant Samantha, you know, yeah. which is fine by me, but okay, you got me. I get it. So, you know, are, is this, are we going to have a, we are, we going to have different misleading tricks sure. throughout, throughout this. And, you know, maybe that queen is just a misleading trick or maybe not. Maybe it's somebody very important to the, to the whole story. And we'll find out later on. Yeah. And, and the camp obviously is going to be a big part of it. And that's where we see uh part two heading and, you know, if, again, if you look at a lot of the cast listing, who's playing young versions of people we've already met, you're seeing mm-hmm. the good brothers are at this camp. So it's like, OK, they survive, but they're not listed as, you know, I think um, C. Berman's listed as the sole survivor, you yep. know, um, her sister obviously dies in there. So we know that's going to happen. And obviously we know who the Nightwing killer is. So mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that this does enough and doesn't get too bogged down into being like hey we set this up now we're going to show you this and actually moving plot forward and and by the way for for bad parent larry um, <laughs> the, the trailer showed you right up there is going to be a bunch more sex there's like banging yeah. in the trailer yeah uh, so usually uh, if they show people banging in the trailer you know you're in for a lot of banging like yeah and Sadie yeah. Sink looks like she's got kind of like a half open shirt and things like that too. So, uh, which bugs me because I don't know how old, I have no idea how old she is in real life, but she plays like a fucking 13 year old. So I'm like, ah, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> God, literally I'm very uncomfortable. The next season of stranger things, they're just entering high school or whatever. Yeah, so it's like on. 14, so, 15. So, yeah. but in real life, she's probably like what, like 18, 19. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There should be like some kind of like parent warning thing. To I'm be too, like, yeah. Hey, I'm this de- is not Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely uh, too old for seeing this girl with her shirt undone. I'm like, eh, nope. Come cover. I'm covering my eyes like my parents used to cover my eyes when I was fucking six, seeing girls. 
you know, nude. Exactly. I'm like, nope, nope, <laughs> creepy, creepy. So, uh, like yeah, I said, so, I- so this is going to be, uh, you know, I don't, I might have to keep Owen out of this one. Um, yeah, you the six year old might get a little, <laughs> little extra. Although I gotta say, and Larry, I'm sure you're very much the same. I think I know at least certain things about you. Like you were yeah. saying about you know the nuns seeing books in your hand. I watched stuff like Texas Chainsaw when I was six. Oh, like same. bad, same. bad stuff. Like parents didn't care about violence, so no. to speak. But then, like, oh wait, there's boobs. No, yeah. Like so, no, that dude, was like the crossing line. But true yeah. story, true story, and and I've told this a million times, and it's it's God's honest true. Uh, my parents, we went to the drive-in um, almost every. It seemed to me, looking back, it seemed like almost every fucking weekend we were at the drive-in. And the drive-in was always like, you know, the first movie would be Superman. And then the second movie would be uh, Mother's Day by Trauma or Blood Beach or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, which I would always stay up for. That's where my love of horror came from. Um, but my my mother would let me see somebody get decapitated. But as soon as boobs fucking she would throw her hand back in the backseat of the Rambler and yep. fucking cover my eyes up. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, right. You know, so, yeah, that's but what's funny is and this is also God's honest truth. Owen does it himself. I don't have to cover <laughs> Owen's eyes when boobs come on the screen. My son covers his own eyes. I don't know. And I never told him to. I don't know where it came from, <laughs> but it's and like I look to see if like his fingers are because I know the tricks. Sure. I know the tricks. I look to see if his fingers are spread a little bit. Yep. They're not. I'm wow. like, holy shit, dude's doing it like his eyes are squeezed tight. His head's over his eyes. Awesome. I'm like, you know, I'm like, that's amazing. Like, it's weird because I used to try to look, but. Oh, you know, yeah. I, every chance I could. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but then again, maybe he's just, you know, tricking me. And, you know, when I'm not watching, he's he's finding the movie himself on Netflix because he has access. And, yeah. You know, watching it by himself. Who knows? He's hacking the Pentagon when you're not around. He I'm sure like, these kids know way more. And I've, I have so much fear about it because we have a, a kid of similar age. My daughter's six, you know, yep. almost seven. So, yeah. And meanwhile, she's afraid of her shadow. So, like, and, and doesn't want to see, like, a, a harsh villain in, like, you know, uh, Jake in the Neverland Pirates. You're sure. you're like, hey, how about right. this woman who gets her head right. sliced open by a, a meat slicer? Uh, that might have been the best scene. Uh, the, oh, the, uh, the the bread slicer, bread, which I don't know if you slicer, ever worked yeah. at a. I don't know if you ever worked at a bakery. They're not that sharp, but it was a uh, it was a very good scene. I was like, I'm trying to think. Have I ever seen anybody killed in a movie with a bread slicer? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I I've impressed. seen a lot of killings. Yeah. I'm like, that was pretty. And then you get an intense back to back because right after that, you get the um, the the axe guy. I can't the town the dreaded sundown guy. Yeah, uh, into uh, Simon's head. Spoiler alert. Sure. Um, yeah. But I was like, holy shit! Really good, really good couple to see because you don't get a ton of you. I mean, you get kills in this movie, but they're not super gory. No, you you got two right in a row that were really like fucking boom boom, good real good for the gore hounds. Yeah, I thought I thought the grocery store in general, yeah, that was all really good stuff because yep. it's kids working out a drug regiment to die and come <laughs> back to life, and then yeah. and then you're seeing things like you know the 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 old standby the hairspray with a you know lighter trying to set people on fire, you yep. know, and the ones you mentioned, so it really really goes to town on some stuff. Um, yeah. Even though, you know, I, 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 I rarely have this as a major complaint, but a lot of this type of movie, I just love the look of film with mm-hmm. it. And, and the digital kind of like sanitizes the, the blood effects and some of that yeah. stuff sometimes that, yeah. you know, I, that, that gets me some of the time. So, sure. you know, I, I actually wish they did, a theatrical release for this. I think that would be a cool thing um, to do where it's like, if you knew you were going to go to the movies three weeks mm-hmm. in a row, or if you were going to even three months, like if right. it, they did this August, September, and then one in on Halloween to end yeah. it, that would be cool. Would have been cool. I think people are still too nervous about people going to theaters. I, I don't know about you. I, I went to see a quiet place too. It was the first um, movie I'd seen in theaters since February of 2020. Yeah. And there was, I, there was less than 10 people in there. 
Right. So I, I think. What are we studios, talking about? What night of the week? What uh, what time of day? Whatever. It it was a was it a, it was a Saturday afternoon. It was a yeah, Sunday. I'm sorry, it was stuff. a Sunday afternoon. It was right. a Sunday afternoon, which I but still, I mean, the movie had only been out in the theaters for maybe two weeks. Yeah, I would I would expect it more because A Quiet Place was a big movie. Yeah, uh, as far as horror goes, it was a it was a a big movie, so I was expecting more of a crowd I, you know, the, I i think people i think studios are still a little nervous about about releases to theaters you know I what think. the problem is too larry though is that there's not enough movies out right now that that's for sure people who wanted to see that movie did see it in the first couple of weeks because there was nothing else to see true like, like father's day weekend you and i are both fathers we love movies did you feel the need to go see the hitman's bodyguard's wife or what the hitman's wife's bodyguard or whatever i did like, not no. So like, uh, and I already had seen quiet place too. So I was like, what am I going to take my dad? Am I going to ask to go see anything? And I didn't care. And, right. and, and meanwhile, you know, there's this weekend was actually quite a good weekend for, for movies out there. You got a Steven Soderbergh movie on HBO. You got mm-hmm. this coming out. Uh, you had the uh, summer of soul thing, the quest love documentary thing. And, and Zola is out in theaters getting good reviews there. So there was a bunch to see if you want, if you wanted to seek it out, but I was like, right. they just completely whiffed on father's day, but yeah, true. Anyway, Larry, uh, I just want to button this one up because we got so much more with this story. Um, yeah, we do. But uh, I will say I am looking forward to part two. That'll come out on Friday, um, and we'll see You know what shakes out. And I, I don't know what I want them to fully answer, but I figure— I don't either. Uh, I figure, you know, if we get more—just more villain backstory— I guess yeah. fill it out and fill out the the connective tissue of how it works into the people who we've already seen and and see what are we setting up for the third that they have to learn to solve this thing. So that's right. the big deal with any second act. And we're seeing it as a second movie. So we'll see where that lands. Yeah, just, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do um, in the second one. I really hope they don't punch me in the face with a whole lot of 70s fucking disco like you know the (laughs) the trailer was all gloria gainer i will survive and i'm like don't do it don't fucking i don't want to watch 15 minutes of the fucking bgs and fucking (laughs) cool and the gang i don't i don't want to do it like right (laughs) don't do this to me again i have a feeling they're gonna though i i have a feeling they're probably gonna follow up but then what are they gonna do for the 1666 just a whole bunch of mozart and fucking Like, so I don't know, but I'm, 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 I'm in dude. Like I said before, like, I'm really interested. I hope they, uh, I think they did a really good job here with making this a movie on its own. Yeah. You know, it felt like, yes, it, it feels like it's part of a trilogy because we know it's part of a trilogy, but this could have also been a standalone film. Yeah. You know, if they had just buttoned up a few other things, uh, and I, I really hope they do that with the second don't leave me with a film that's just filler because it's the second part of a trilogy, you know, make it its own, uh, which I, 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 I trust that the director will, I, I, I think she, like I said, what I honeymoon was great. I think she did a really good job with this. I, I think, and I, I'm liking the show panic that apparently she's involved with as well. Um, I'm just hoping that she does a solid job, answers a few questions, but also leaves a taste in my mouth where I'm, I'm ready for the third. That's what yeah, I'm hoping for. I definitely see vision here. And like I said, all the unanswered questions, I didn't need to have them answered in part one. I'm actually glad that I have enough yeah. that, I'm, that I'm asking the right questions um, and things that we sort of saw but didn't see and, and where it goes from here. So a lot of meat still on the bone. I hope you know they, they take enough bites without giving it all away and then we'll set up because uh, uh, I personally, I, we talked about it a little bit when we previewed it and I've talked about it with other people off air where it's like, I'm not the biggest cult horror fan, mm-hmm. but this has enough of both that uh, the genre blend that I'm, I'm actually more intrigued and, and really want to see where it goes. Yeah. I'm psyched, man. I'm, I'm, I'm in it. 
All right. I appreciate your time, Larry, as always. Um, it, did you want to promote anything? You got so much stuff with Connecticut Horror Fest and everything else. And, and yeah, let's plug let's plug Connecticut Horror Fest, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always doing stuff with horrornewsnetwork.net. And uh, we're back to double features at the Strand now with Connecticut called classics.com. Uh, but I think the biggest thing we got coming up is obviously Connecticut Horror Fest. Um, we're going into our seventh year of doing the annual uh, Connecticut Horror Convention. Obviously had to skip last year like everybody last year is just a do-over for yep. everybody right including um, this trilogy <laughs> including this trilogy yeah 100 percent um but we are going into our seventh year of our horror convention we've got some great guests lined up speaking of scream we've got matt lillard from scream and skeet ulrich uh both coming to connecticut horror fest this year um we've got uh who else do we have we've got keith david from uh they live in the thing and awesome uh oh god dude i'm, I'm most psyched i've never met oh. keith david and men never, at work, sir. And a men movie at work. I, I've seen Somebody 35 threw away times. a perfectly good white boy. Like one of the best <laughs> lines in fucking cinema. And then you don't mess with another man's French fries. Like, dude, men at work is one of my favorite. Yeah. And a platoon. Like, this dude's been in fucking yes. everything. Like, yeah. uh, I'm so psyched to meet Keith David. We just announced uh, Jake the Snake Roberts for the wrestling fans, yes, uh, which is huge. Of course, we've got somebody who played a Michael Myers. We've got a Jason. We've got a Leatherface. You know, those are all givens. Yep. We have to bring them in uh and we've got some guests to announce so definitely check that out on cthorror.com that's coming up september 18th in naugatuck connecticut tickets are on sale now uh there's going to be a ton of vendors a uh, ton of people there uh just come out and meet some horror celebrities and uh have a great time yeah very exciting man and i'm like you said you're i'm glad that you're back to the double features at the strand and and the cronenberg one sold out right and and yeah you're looking uh to what's what's the next one i forget the next one is uh, I'm I'm going full fucking cult on this one uh, with one of my favorite writer directors, Frank Henenlotter. Mm. Uh, we're doing Basket Case and Brain Damage, two right. '80s classic. When you when you talk Henenlotter, you know Basket Cases. The first I, Belial lives right on my fucking forearm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you 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 there's two that you juggle in between Brain Damage one and Frank and Hooker is another. Yes, um, it was really tough for me. Uh, I think I let my man Mike Simonetta choose it because uh, sometimes if I can't choose, I just throw it to one of my other guys and Mike, you know, does the programming for this. I was like, dude, brain damage or, or Frankenhooker. And he's like, go brain damage. So that's what we're doing. That's going to be that's going to be a ton of fun. That's going to be a good time. Good call. Thank you so much, Larry. And Thank everybody you. check out those things. I'm going to try to. Uh, to I'm definitely going to uh, the Horror Fest and, and we'll see, you know, Hopefully I can make it out. Uh, I wasn't able to make it out. You put it on my wedding anniversary weekend, I believe, Larry. So uh, I, I couldn't do the the last one, but yeah. So as, I Esther totally didn't want she didn't want to go to see Cronenberg night. Uh, uh no, no. <laughs> she and, wasn't into she wasn't into the fly and scanners for your anniversary. Yeah, no, I don't think that would have worked out. Um, plus, my wife is in bed by like eight thirty, nine o'clock, so it would. So am I on a, a normal night. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> a double feature is not in her eyes unless it starts at three in the afternoon. So gotcha. gotcha. But I appreciate your time, Larry, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. 